the problem and the sad thing in crypto is it's a really cool technology that in theory allows economic freedom and potential to be able to do things like get banked if you don't have access to a bank account. And then there's so much market manipulation and scams in it. So you've got to be super, super, super careful. Top five red flags is firstly, there's something like 20 something thousand cryptocurrencies at the moment of which, you know, a handful are good, worthwhile, useful. A lot of the scams will tend to do things like offers that are too good to be true. What they'll do is they'll do anything to get you to buy Bitcoin or to buy crypto and send it to them. And it will be under different guises, but it will be all along the lines of, hey, we've got this amazing new trading algorithm. Send us your Bitcoin and we'll guarantee that you'll get X percent really high returns. Now, to take a step back to be realistic, if there's such an amazing trading algorithm, why would you share it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Free Retiree Show. Today, we've got an interesting topic for you. We're talking all about crypto. Talking about best case uses for crypto, Web 3.0. If you've turned on the news, you can see the crypto market is not doing so well, and it's all over the news. And we're going to talk about how to avoid getting scammed. Yes, in crypto, but also this will translate to all your other finances. It's really important information, how to not get your hard-earned money stolen. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my pal, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? How you doing? That voice, Sergio. Are you going, coming with the deep, sexy voice today? Fridays, I bring out the deep, sexy voice. I can tell. You, you sound like you should be uh, at a late night DJ uh, <laughs> station just talking about love songs. No, my 10-year-old my got me sick, and I'm feeling it right now. But I'm excited, though. I love the voice, though. Maybe you should keep it. It's good for the podcast. For today's guest, we have Erica Stanford. She's a best-selling author frequent commentator, international speaker, guest lecturer at Warwick Business School, and she talks all about crypto and digital currency. She's kind of the go-to in this area for crypto safety, all crypto things. She is the founder of the Crypto Curry Club, the UK's leading community and number one rated network in educational events for crypto, fintech, blockchain. She is the editor of the Crypto Curry Club. And Serge, you spotted... Erica online. You're like, we have to have her. This girl is a wealth of knowledge. What stands out to you about Erica? The story was, was she's actually a part of the LinkedIn creator accelerator program. And that's kind of where I found her. But what stood out was I think I'm afraid to put money into crypto. Sometimes I think there's so many scams. People are losing their money. We've talked about this a long time. And part of our show is we want to filter out the BS. So what stood out to me was Erica was seemed like what she was saying was true. And she didn't worry about, you know, who's watching or who's listening. It was just like, this is what's really happening in this space. And we need to hear this. I just, I think there's too many scams all around. Absolutely. She's also the author of Crypto Wars, Fake Deaths, Missing Billions, and Industry Disruption. So without further ado, Erica, good morning, good evening from where you're coming from, but thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? No, thank you for having me. Yeah, really grateful to be here. And thanks to Sergio for bringing on the extra sexy voice. Oh, he just brought this on for you. <laughs> Man, way to bust out the big gun, Sergio. I take one for the team. Gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> but tell us about what you do. I gave the listeners a little bit of a rundown. Your book seems to be doing really well. You seem to be one of the trusted resources in the crypto area, and it's tough to find those. But why don't you give the listeners a rundown of what you're doing? Yeah, sure. No, well, thanks for having me on. So the book was Lockdown. 
So that started out, a publisher reached out, asked if I wanted to do a book about crypto hacks and scams. And I naively thought writing a book can't be so hard and can't take so long and would be a fun project to do. And I was totally and utterly wrong. It takes a year, it takes over your life. It's a lot of sweat and tears. And thank God for lockdown, it made it possible. But I ran in the UK a, a sort of crypto networking community, at least until lockdown. We had a, a load of in-person events in Bike Only, where we brought together the people running crypto companies and fintech companies and doing a load of cool stuff in the space. And you know, what, what's been really cool about that is since we started doing the events, it was nothing big, nothing crazy, just get a restaurant, people pay their way, but just inviting sort of the main people and being really selective on who we had and having a really sort of close-knit invite-only group with sort of Chatham House rules for conversation. And during these events every week, you're in a room of the people who were years ago, years before lockdown, in the space really early on. And a lot of these people were either working at companies or were founding startups. And some of those were two guys in a room. And those two guys are now two guys running a massive $40 billion company with a load of employees. So from doing those events early on, it was just the most fantastic way, totally sort of by luck, as it were, of getting to know a lot of people in the community, making friends with a lot of people running the companies, and now just being friends with a lot of really cool people who do a load of really cool stuff in the space. So I, I think what's in a nice position to be in is just hearing a lot of the, the news and stuff about crypto, but through friends over WhatsApp or through friends over a coffee and sort of hearing a more personal take on, on things. So that's been super cool. So run networking events and do them on an invite-only basis. It's probably my best tip for meeting people and getting industry knowledge. And then the, the book came out of that. There, there was, a, I don't know if you've heard it, a BBC in the UK, a podcast series called The Missing Crypto Queen. And it was a guy, Jamie Bartlett, who was paid by the BBC. So that's like the UK's main sort of news service to do this whole piece of investigative journalism. And there's this massive Ponzi scheme called OneCoin and it wasn't even a cryptocurrency. It said it was a cryptocurrency. It wasn't even a cryptocurrency. It was just a total scam, just total sort of selling thin air. But it's thought that this scam has taken in up to $25 billion. It's still not known quite how much money people have lost. And it's this massive Ponzi scheme. And the FBI, so the, the American FBI got onto this in 2017 and issued a notice that this is a scam, stay away. And they, there's been manhunts for the founder and the ringleaders ever since. And since 2017, they've arrested a bunch of the people involved. The main woman who ran it is still AWOL. Nobody really knows where she is. No one's been able to find her. It turns out she was having an affair with her money launderer who had been sort of had gone into some sort of plea agreement with the FBI whereby he gave her information about her she'd hired a spy to basically buy the flat beneath his in Miami and drill a hole between the two so she could listen into his conversation why we, we need a Netflix series <laughs> yeah I want to watch the show I believe they're doing one Rumor I heard is Kate Winslet is starring, but that, that's rumors. But she basically hired this guy to like overhear his conversations with his wife to find out, is he going to be leaving the wife? But in the end, she heard that the FBI are looking for her. So she's been on the run ever since. So you've got this massive, crazy sort of Ponzi scheme. Loads of people lost loads of money. Everybody knows that it's been a scam since 2017, except that it's still going. And 
I put into LinkedIn, like OneCoin, there's still 1,100 people that I can see on LinkedIn. You can only see connections of connections. I can see 1,100 people that are still promoting this scam. And that's just on LinkedIn. There's still events happening. So there was this crazy podcast series about this, how the scam got so big and how people fall for it and all the marketing, the manipulation, the tactics used. So I invited this guy who did it to speak at one of my events. He was amazing. I sort of chat him out rules. And then from that, a bunch of people came forward and told me their own stories of basically seeing early scams and either going to the authorities or posting on social media that, hey, this is a scam. They got death threats. One guy is under like government protection in the country where he's based if, in case a load of people enter the country because he was a whistleblower to a scam. And all these people invited me into these sort of chat rooms and forums on social media run by scams and run by people that have fallen for the scams to just basically watch how they go on, how they con people, the marketing that they use. So that's wow. sort of how I got into doing. So you got to be see the dark side of crypto firsthand. Yeah, and it's crazy. And it's scary how good at marketing they are. It's scary mm. how manipulative they are. It's scary how good the salespeople are and also how good the websites look. Like it's easy to see for a normal person why you think this is okay. And then other than that, I work at a law firm. So it's called CMS. I believe the biggest law firm in Europe. They've got a really big, the biggest crypto team in the UK. So they've got a whole team of crypto and fintech specialists who do sort of all the law for everything crypto. So through that, it's super cool. We get hundreds of companies coming in and you just get to meet all these people from big companies to banks to tiny little guy, two guys with idea in a bedroom and everything in between. It's really interesting. If I'm interested in buying crypto, what are some of the top five flags, like red flags? The problem and the sad thing in crypto is it's a really cool technology that in theory allows economic freedom and potential to be able to do things like get banked if you don't have access to a bank account. It's a really cool technology that in theory does all this cool stuff. And then there's so much market manipulation and scams in it. So you've got to be super 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 careful top five red flags is firstly something like 20 something thousand cryptocurrencies at the moment of which you know a handful are good worthwhile useful have purpose slightly more than a handful but you know it's not twenty thousand. and a lot of the cryptocurrencies you've really got to look at do they actually have a use case is there anything behind it other than a piss take or hype or just a bubble so I, I, I think for, for firstly, you've got to really look at, is this something, is there a real use case? Is there something behind this other than thin air? Secondly, a lot of the scams will tend to do things like offers that are too good to be true. So they might say, send us, but then what they'll do is they'll do anything to get you to buy Bitcoin or to buy crypto and to send it to them. And it will be under different guises, but it will be all along the lines of, hey, we've got this amazing new trading algorithm. Send us your Bitcoin and we'll guarantee that you'll get X percent really high returns. Now, take a step back, be realistic. If there's such an amazing trading algorithm, why would you share it? You'd keep it. Like you do that for yourself. You wouldn't want anyone to know. And if Banks and hedge funds that have loads of money and employ the best people in the world, if they can't guarantee that kind yeah. of return, they take a step back or they'll say, oh, we've got this really secure 
exchange will store your crypto more securely or will, will be, enable you to buy something more cheaply. Or we've got this new cryptocurrency, send us your Bitcoin and we'll send, us, you, you, we'll send you these magical new coins and we'll give you more of these new coins and they're going to double and they're going to multiply so you'll get more of these and they're going to go up in value. Or some are just, they call themselves Bitcoin doublers, it's the simplest of all. Send us your Bitcoin and in 24 or 48 hours, we'll send you back double. All of these ploys are to get you to send in, in, in Bitcoin for your money. If anyone's getting you to send in Bitcoin, basically just don't. Because in so many cases, it's a scam. And now that they're more sophisticated, you've got like scam schools in various countries around the world. Where in, in some cases, people literally pay tuition fees. And you, know, you turn up at nine in the morning and you sit in a classroom and they learn how to put on different accents. They learn how to write a 20 year old girl or like a 50 year old guy. They learn how to communicate and they go on dating apps and social media apps and then speak to people and speak to enough people to find the vulnerable people and then spend months like cultivating, cultivating a relationship. So people think, hey, I fall in love with this person and this is great. And then they build this whole story which all leads to, hey, I found this amazing investment and this is for our future. You're gonna get rich for our future. Buy Bitcoin, send us this. Just don't send Bitcoin is probably the biggest. Uh, <laughs> Moral of the story, don't send Too good Bitcoin. to be true. Lee's a financial advisor. And if he came to right. me tomorrow and said, I'm going to double your investment or triple or quadruple, I'm like, no, right. you're not. Right, ah. right Lee? Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's people in your industry that overpromise, and it's no, that's not realistic. <laughs> Absolutely. I've seen a few people that I know and clients that started dabbling in crypto and they always get led in by the, you're going to get this crazy amount of return. So a lot of times it's these random exchanges. They look professional. The websites look, look yeah. very nice. You wouldn't be able to tell that it's a sham website, but this yeah. you put your money here, you're just going to get 15%. Yeah. No, yeah. no questions asked. You just, you put your money here. We give you 15%. Now that number, that's a pretty solid number mm. just for keeping yeah, your money there. 15, more than 15 times higher what you'd get in any other way, right? Yeah, exactly. And then what they do is they put their money there, they can pull the money out. And so you still mm -hmm. see your money growing. And then all of a sudden it stops. They, uh, yeah. they lock it up yeah. and you're, you're stuck. Basically, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably it is, it is. And you've touched on a point like crypto exchanges are one of the biggest problems and the biggest sort of risks in the space a because like you say you've got crypto exchanges and then you've also got duplicate crypto exchanges where scammers will basically copy the side of one and make it look identical and that they'll make it look so real and there'll be you know one thing off in the letter but basically people will be directed there and it via a phishing link or something and you know you've got all these sort of scam duplicate fraudulent crypto exchanges that actually aren't they're just scammers to taking your money just by you clicking on the wrong link. But then we've seen it blow up just in the last couple of days. One of the, the problems with crypto exchanges, you've got two main ways of storing crypto. And there's one sort of big famous saying, crypto, not your keys, not your coins. So what that means is in crypto, you've got a thing where you get private keys, which is like a password. It's like a key to access your crypto. And you've got ways of storing crypto where only you can access your crypto. It's like in your own sort of little sort of bank vault safe where you have a key and you can access that crypto and then only you can access it. So even if the, the, sort of the foundations of the exchange disappear, that doesn't matter because you've got the keys to your crypto and you're responsible. But there's been horror stories around that. People lose their keys and then lose their crypto or they forgot what it, their private key was and then they lost their crypto. And there's been cases around that, but in, in that context, you're responsible for your crypto. So even if there is a problem, 
you can still access your crypto. But then what most people do, you've got the sort of the centralized model where people go, hey, I don't want to be responsible for my keys. That's too much responsibility in case I forget them or they don't know or they get led by good marketing. So you've got all of these centralized exchanges where people will buy, put money in, send crypto into the exchange and leave it there. And instead of people having their own sort of like bank vaults with their own crypto, it's all sort of intermingled in one pot. Now, in an ideal world, the, the, the exchange would go, hey, we've got whatever it is, 100 Bitcoin deposited by 100 people here. We'll just leave that here and protect it and it will be safe. And there are some that do that and have really secure custody. And then there's other ones like what we've just seen with this whole fallout of the FTX exchange where they don't do that and they take people's crypto deposits and do stuff which results in people no longer being able to access their deposits and then you're relying on the honesty and the goodness of those exchanges which has several times proven really risky and meant that a lot of people lost a lot of money this is probably a good segue can you talk to us a little bit about what's going on in, in the news with finance and ftx <laughs> it seems yeah major things are happening it does and it's, it's one of those i don't want to go too deep into it because it's it's just kicking off a bunch of people that have lost money but it's we're finding out stuff pretty much every minute every time i refresh a news feed there's new stuff comes out but in short it was a big exchange they had their own token and the sort of the bigger part of the company owned by the same guy had made a bunch of investments but the, i think that the big Part of the problem here, you had a fund and it was revealed that actually the assets versus versus liabilities wasn't quite as, as good as what either what they believed it to be or what they'd made out to, to be by quite a long way. And, and also that half of their assets were their own token, which is a crypto token, some have value, some are printed out of thin air. So that was a risk. You, you've got a, a fund with far less assets than you think, far more liabilities than you think. And half of these assets are basically its own token printed out of thin air. So that's not ideal in a market sense. But then the bigger part of the problem, which is affecting more individuals and many companies, you have this exchange and FTX was sort of, it was seen as like the golden boy of, or the golden child of crypto that the founder had been really coating up with regulators and then trying to sort of act all golden and had a really good interface. People liked it. People used this as a place to store their crypto or to exchange. And even a lot of companies and a lot of funds stored their money on this exchange, on this platform, because they trusted it, because they trusted the people behind it, because they trusted their relationship with the regulators. So what happened there, at least how it appears, is a lot of people and a lot of companies trusted this FTX platform, the exchange, with their money and kept a lot of their crypto on it. And in an ideal scenario, if people deposited crypto on it, the same amount of crypto as has been deposited would still be there, available for people to take out at any time. But what it appears to be, and I don't want to speculate, but what it appears yeah. to be from news coming out is that the exchange wasn't just leaving the people's crypto deposits there but was somehow using them or using that money to make loans which turned out bad or, or was somehow doing something that wasn't entirely good with that so that what happened is when the news came out about the fund which is all part of the same parent company and same founding team 
that they had less assets than people thought and that the token had less value than people thought that started crashing down and it was like a bank run happened on this exchange where people wanted to withdraw their crypto because they were suddenly worried that not all is safe and then they froze withdrawals because it, it seemed that they don't have the money that they'd taken in people's crypto said they're going to store it and then done something with that crypto so that people could no longer withdraw their money. And now it's just filed for bankruptcy in the last hour or so. So it seems that a lot of people and companies who trusted a lot of money, we were talking multiple billions, crypto onto this platform, that's now been wiped out. And it isn't clear yet where that crypto disappeared to. It's looking like a lot of the investments made were somehow intermingled, perhaps fraudulently, from the loans or the crypto deposits that people put in, but that's going to come out in the news. Yeah, it's wild. You think about the athletes that are behind something like FTX, like Tom Brady, Steph Curry. I mean, those are pretty big names. Yeah, and that's one of the problems in the space, right? And it's not that this is unique to crypto. But crypto is highly volatile. It's super manipulated. The billionaires can manipulate the price of cryptocurrency by 30% with one tweet. We don't need any names or any car brand owners who would do that. But it's super volatile. It's super risky at the best of times. And then you've got it. You've got influencers who take money, maybe with good intentions, to promote these cryptocurrencies. So people go, I trust this person. And then that, but it's, you've got like you say, celebrities and influencers paid to promote crypto. But I'd say even the bigger problem is that's in the public eye. Kim Kardashian just got a fine and a bit of a slap on the wrist for promoting what turned out to be a total scam. And then you've also got on social media, and particularly TikTok, a load of these influencers who just promote without any regard different projects. And the people amass like millions of followers and pose as financial experts or financial advisors or experts in whatever and get loads of followers and then promote a crypto exchange or a crypto project or whatever and people believe it and I think one of the biggest things in crypto is basically don't trust anybody at at all under any circumstances and we keep seeing that over and over again even people who have cozied up with regulators and seemed respectable have been proven to not be trustworthy so don't trust anybody at all really, really no one. unless it's a don't send don't send bitcoin right into that don't trust anybody that's the takeaway <laughs> don't trust anyone it's, man it's a tough space to be in but right now like where do you see these uh, for the like, ftx the people that had money on the exchange mm-hmm. are they going to be okay or is it if they just bought the ftx token so i, I think the people who held the ftx token the, the token has gone down a lot in value the statistic i saw was about 90 percent drop but, you know, that's fluctuating like in, in anything in crypto. So people that bought the token, if they bought it at its high and sold it at its low, will have lost circa 90%. Although it might go up doubtful, very doubtful. So yeah, people in, that bought the token and have sold will have lost the percentage that it's gone down by. People on the exchange that who held crypto there, that. I feel very bad for a lot of them. It's not just people, it's companies. Like some large companies had millions or tens or hundreds of millions that they'd stored on this platform because they thought it to be safe. And at the moment, it's not known. I know some very worried people uh, right now who have money on that and they don't know what will happen. So the, the latest is they filed for bankruptcy and there's now lawyers and a team who will go through 
what assets they have, what they have, and then that will be divided out with people who should be able to reclaim something. At the moment, it doesn't seem to be known if or what money is left there. So I imagine a lot of people will be burned. I don't want this to sound wrong, but if you're a big bank or a big company, you have Mm -hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars. Is that responsible to put that kind of money on a exchange like in my opinion no no, no. like financially Uh, responsible the answer is no i think the problem with ftx is why a lot of people kept money there two reasons either because so the founder has always been the one sam magman reed has always been the one to cozy up with regulators to say get regulated he was seen as this golden boy and was always working with regulators and posing that angle trusted him and trusted that exchange as being safe because of that image of working with regulators, whereas others have been more sort of anti-establishment. So that's been a problem of misplaced trust. And the other thing is because those who wanted to trade crypto, it was an easy platform to do. So they wanted to have the money there ready on hand to make the trades, because if you store crypto more safely, there are ways of storing crypto more safely, which is basically like offline, where you have your own, it's like a cold storage thing. And there are institutional grade security custody platforms that are seen as your crypto is safe. That it's as safe or maybe safer than money in a bank. There's no way anyone can hack it in that sort of institutional grade security. But the sort of the caveat with that is that crypto is safe there. But then if you wanted to do trades, you have to get it out from there, which is an instant. So why platforms might have kept crypto on the exchanges because so that they can that they can trade it and have it access to that. The sad thing with FTX is it wasn't necessarily people being lazy and thinking, oh, this is easier as people having misplaced trust. And a lot of people had that trust in the founders and in the platform. Would it be safer in a bank? Probably, yeah. I think what crypto people would say is that banks don't tend to pay very high interest and there have been problems with banks i certainly know people who have gone to a bank at certain times over my lifetime and not been able to withdraw cash there have been bank runs banks have misinvested people have lost money it's only insured up to a certain amount are you guaranteed safe if you keep money in a bank well not above a certain amount And not always. And a lot of people have been affected. And a lot of countries around the world have learned that you can't trust banks. I lived in Argentina for a while. And the first lesson there was whatever you do, don't go near a bank. It's not safe. So, you know, there there are countries and people around the world who leaving money in a bank isn't a viable option or where it's not seen as safe. And then there's also a belief that banks still control your money and traditional financial systems like paypal just really doing oh if you basically do a political tweet that we don't like we'll find you two thousand five hundred dollars and then retract yeah, that it crazy. but you know the, there's a lot of distrust in the traditional system and part of what crypto is is, is a belief in financial freedom and the, the problem is then it's you go back to trusting individuals who misappropriate your funds that's a really good point that all makes sense and i think with crypto, it's like they put the trust in the founders. And I think yeah. what's great about crypto is like, you don't have to put trust in a human. I thought, I think that's what I thought. Exactly. There are ways where you don't have to trust people in crypto, which are safer. The only trouble is crypto is super new, like super new. Coin came out 2009. The technology is evolving 
super fast. Like the custody platforms have evolved super fast. Everything is evolving super fast. The user experience hasn't evolved, I would argue, as well as it maybe could have done. And there's been more focus in some cases on security on platforms. So it's not as easy or as instant if you want to keep your own crypto as securely as is possible yet. As someone that you've done a lot of work in this space, you've got this and you got to work and not work with, but you've got to see the scammers and the dark web and all the bad that's in this space. After seeing all this and knowing what you know about crypto, Mm. do you feel that crypto is something that you would stay away from? Or do you feel like there's a future there? No, I'm a hundred percent still excited by the space i think there's a lot of things one should stay away from which is checking and being super careful so there's a lot of bad things in the space that one has to stay away from and be really careful but you know at its core what i find sad about it is people get excited by oh price of bitcoin is is this or price of whatever is that at its core you've got a technology that allows payments between two people without needing a bank account, without needing to trust anybody, without needing that whole traditional setup. You know, what it enables is really exciting and really cool with sort of traditional fiat currency. You can't send less than a certain amount for it to be economically viable. If I wanted to send you one P or one cent or something digitally, well, it's going to cost a little more than that than for me to make that transaction to you. It's not economically viable if you want to send me a dollar digitally for example because of the costs of the sort of third-party companies so what crypto opens up at its core it doesn't need to be about the volatile tokens or about all of that you can have some stable assets or asset-backed things that you could send for micro amounts it enables you to send one cent here instantly between people so you've got a whole use of potential use cases for that like microtransactions like might be paying for content on a per use basis i'll pay you five cents to listen to this song or 10 cents to read this article or i'll tip you one cent because you like my whatever instagram post or whatever you've got all of these potential use cases so you've got remittance companies who charge barbaric amounts you've got a third of the world's population don't have access to banking who until now have been pretty much screwed by the system you've got remittance companies charging up to 30 percent a global average of seven percent for the poorest people around the world to be able to send money then you've got crypto enables people to send money across borders or in micro amounts for much cheaper crypto allows for micro loans or micro payments for things like doing work people are being able to get micro insurance or insurance that they never could get before because they didn't have access to banking there's a case in indonesia the cost of getting insurance payouts to people was so high because they don't have access to banking. Two and a half billion people around the world don't have access to banking. So the only way to get insurance to money to these people was to fly a helicopter to remote islands to bring them cash. And that cost more than the money was worth. So they couldn't get insurance. And now you've got these schemes that are bringing digital wallets to people. So all you need is a smartphone. And a lot of people around the world who don't have access to a bank account have got a smartphone. So anyone that's got a smartphone can now get a digital wallet to receive a salary, to receive a loan, to get insurance, to to get a mortgage, to build a credit score for the first time. So you've got all of these incredible use cases. And then we're still seeing big brand, aside from the sort of the bringing financial capabilities around the world, you've got the banking system is 
really now looking at crypto. A, from a, we need to get onto this because we realize our customers are interested, but also they're using blockchain technology, the technology it's built on, to be able to move money, to have like digital certificates to show where money is moving. Because the way that cryptos work, it's money that's sort of sent across blockchain, which without wanting to get too technical, you've got more transparency sending money over blockchain than you do in any other way. You can see super, super clearly this address and this Bitcoin or this money to that address at that time and it arrived at that time. You've got unprecedented levels of transparency and you can have like digital certificates attached to sort of each transaction to show exactly who sent what to where and proof that it arrived. So you've got banks pretty much all looking at using this technology already to do their own internal transactions or international transfers, which save them loads of money and loads of time and bring them lots more security. So you've got all sorts of use cases. And then going back to that micro payment thing, I absolutely believe you've already got loads of companies using it. Things like using crypto for incentives or loyalty rewards or loyalty points, or I don't know, we go out and you buy me a coffee and I want to send you two quid or $2. I absolutely believe that in the next few years, it will be in built-in messaging apps that I can send you a photo, I can send you a video, I can send you an audio file or a message, or I can send you a whatever a payment for whatever tiny amount that I want to send. So the, the potential use cases are evolving super fast. There's a load of really cool stuff happening, a load of really good stuff happening, which tends to be quieter in the media than the problems because problems sell. Yeah, it was so um, good to hear the use cases. I don't think they're talked enough, about enough. Sorry to interrupt, but... Yeah. Hearing those use cases actually like, I, I haven't heard them s said in that way before. And I think that's more important than buy this new crypto today or get on this exchange, like understanding yeah. what is the purpose is what's missing. Totally. And one of the, the problems in crypto has been like the, the hype about the, this is the price of whatever, and it's gone up or gone down or whatever. And you've got the potential to have stable digital currencies. And again, one of the problems has been that you've got currently some asset backed, well, they say they're asset backed, dollar pegged cryptocurrencies that it goes back to there's a lack of transparency there. And they say they're backed by whatever, but there's no proof and it's dubious. But the potential is to really have asset backed local currencies that you can just transact in, in micro amounts. And there are some really cool companies doing a lot of really cool things plastic bank is is just one example of that so they it's probably my favorite sort of use case of crypto but they basically have a, a load of people who go out and collect waste plastic around the world in lots of countries around the world and you've got waste plastic in a lot of places has no real value people just chuck it away and don't think about it and put it in the ocean put it in the environment and there's been various schemes around the world of to pay people cash to collect that. So if you go out and collect a bag of waste plastic, they get given cash. But the problem had been people that don't have access to bank accounts, guys, it was tended to be women that would go out and collect waste plastic. And guys knew that women would be leaving at a set time with cash and basically would be waiting outside to rob them or drunken husbands would rob the money. So for the first time, you've got like loads of people, digital wallets, so they can pay people to do things like collect waste plastic or pay people to do jobs in digital currency and then they get a, a like a credit score a social score they can get loans they can get mortgages they can make digital payments they can save money for the first time digitally huge really exciting potentials erica uh, 
Love all the information you've given us today. But before we go, can you give us the top scams that you're seeing right now that people need to be aware of? What's trending where people are losing their money? Yeah, so it's still Ponzi schemes. If anything says pays a commission to bring you on board or you get a guaranteed interest payment or something to just steer totally clear. I'd say that sort of the big scam that I see the most now is phishing scams. So what that is, is there'll be uh, sites created to look like real sites and they look really good. And there'll be links that, that look really good. And you've got scammers that duplicate sites, duplicate apps, and will send out links in various ways through email, through social media, through befriending someone on dating. There's a thousand ways that they can get links in front of people. And then it's getting people to click on a bad link and then do things like, oh, enter your personal information just to check it's you or enter your private key or so forth. So it's getting people to click on a bad link, which can be so cleverly hidden. A way to avoid that is basically don't click on any link. If you want to go to a set platform, type that directly into Google, like you type the word out directly into Google, because that way you can sort of try and avoid click on the link and just be super, super cautious. I'll say on the traditional side of banking, one of the best things you can do if you get an email or someone saying, oh, you owe this or you have money here, don't click on the link. Go to the site directly and then solve the problem from there. That's one of the biggest tips I think we can give to just keep people safe on any financial banking app or crypto app, all that stuff. And then I think the other thing is we've seen it again just now. Just because there's an exchange that says it's safe or that people say it's safe, don't send your crypto anywhere because there's all these platforms that have said, oh, if you send your crypto, we'll give you guaranteed interest or we'll do loans against it or we'll pay you X or we'll store a security on our exchange. Don't just send crypto to store it somewhere because you think you're getting a good return or you think it's safe. Be extra cautious, even if it's a big name. And I'd say if you're looking to have crypto, make look into your own custody and how you can do that as safely as possible. Which, real quick, which exchanges do you trust? Like I've seen... None. Coinbase is all over the yeah. news as a more of the story. I think where Erica's gonna go None. is don't trust so, any exchange. Yeah, Coinbase is there's a bunch of lawsuits against it, but it's a big exchange. It's seen as being the safest, but then FTX and you've also got Binance, which is a big one, which a lot of people trust. And it's many people would say they're too big to fail. And I personally know people working at both and know that they're very good people and all of that. We've just seen FTX fail. And FTX in many ways was seen as the safest and the best. And that has just collapsed and everybody lost all of their money. So, okay. so my, trust no one. Basically, sorry. Okay. <laughs> this is interesting. Your, uh, not your keys, not your crypto, right? Yeah. Erica, give us a little bit about your book. Where can everyone find it? It's killing it right now. People yeah, love it. You're a best-selling amazing. author. <laughs> It's called Crypto Wars Fake Dash Missing Billions and Industry Disruption about some of the biggest hacks and Ponzi schemes and scams in the space and I think like how the bubble got so big and how people fell for it. It's on Amazon in most countries around the world. It's at quite a few bookstores. There's a universal link, but if you Google Crypto Wars and my name, it will come up. But Amazon, much as I hate to give Jeff Bezos any more money away from independent retailers, <laughs> it's, it's usually the easiest place. But if you want to do a good deed, go to your local bookshop and get them to order it in. Is it in the States too? Can I buy it yeah, at a shop it is. here? Okay. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon.com. It's awesome.
Thank you so much, Erica. We love having you. Thanks for all the wonderful information you gave us. You've, you're doing amazing stuff, and we appreciate everything you're doing in this space. Keeping people Thank safe. You so much for having me on. Anytime. We're gonna probably have to have you back on the, whenever the next crypto scam. Uh, Matt, really, we have right. another co-host. He's really into crypto. He missed out today, Lee. He would have loved to hear everything you had yeah. to say. Yeah. Oh, thank well, you. Thanks for having me on, Sergio. I hate your cold gets better. Oh, I know. It's, maybe I'll keep it though. I'll keep the voice. Yeah, yeah keep, keep the keep voice. The All right, folks. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member of FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McGorry do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and Company.